three workshops, podcasts. This is not keywords. No, we can. We need connecting sentences. Three podcast workshop interview story board empathy love in the world (laughs) world peace i'm didi i'm a senior at pomona uh, majoring in media studies and i really like podcasts and the process that goes into making them my name is eli i'm a junior at pomona uh, i study politics and a little bit of computer science and i love pusheen the little gray fluffy cat who lives on facebook messenger so we basically did three workshops that that walk people through the podcast making process uh, so for the first stage we show people how to interview and to listen to each other. In the second stage, we engage with the storyboarding process. And in the third, we did some sound editing with Audacity. There's still some work to be done, <laughs> but yeah, no. we did a thing. That's absolutely true though. Um, I guess, right, for the first episode, we gave them the prompt of transition. Yeah. Which was, I think it was good that it was so vague. Yeah. Because um, that allowed people to really take it in their own direction and make it their own. Um, and then in the second workshop, we forced them to find the themes and the stories and what people had said and try to bring it together into one cohesive narrative. And I guess we broke into three groups to make that happen. So three very different podcasts <laughs> uh, will come out of it, but that's good. And then, yeah, last night we... I guess we kind of stepped back a little bit last night and just focused more on the techniques themselves. And basically the final product is what people are about to hear. So this is a down and dirty process. I think in total they had about four and a half hours to put together uh, what you're hearing now. Honestly, though, most of that, they were just learning how to do it. Uh, Some of the folks who joined these workshops had no previous experience, but this is what they put together. And honestly, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty good. This also is part of the process itself because it's not a finished product, but it's sort of a chance for people to listen and get a snippet of what it looks like to make a thing in four and a half hours. That's right. We hope you enjoy. And if you don't, just stay quiet. Yeah, don't tell us. <laughs> just give us a five. <laughs> Gold stars are appreciated. Yes. Hey, I'm Didi. And I'm Eli. What you're about to hear is the result of three workshops where students got to engage in the podcast making process for the first time. From interviewing to storyboarding to editing the final product, these mini-episodes were created in under four and a half hours. The workshops were process-oriented with a bias towards just going for it, with no fear of messing up or getting it wrong. The first of three episodes features the voices of Priya, Sam, Emiket, and Tanya. The narratives of this episode were created by Emily, Kira, Suyun, and with final production credits going to Ahana. We hope you enjoy. What did you have for breakfast? Oh, um, <laughs> well, me and my friends do like a family breakfast on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, so I had some scrambled eggs, some vegetarian sausage, granola, and Greek yogurt. Yeah, that sounds solid. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> this is Disco, and I'm Ahana, your host for this mini episode about transition. 
You just heard Priya, a student at the Claremont Colleges, talking at the Hives podcasting workshop. We interviewed each other about transition, and since it's such a broad theme, people talked about all kinds of things. You'll be hearing from Priya first. Here she is again. Breakfast is my favorite meal. It's a great meal. Yeah. yeah. Can't go wrong with pancakes ever. So. <laughs> no, exactly. This You said this is your family? It's like we call it the family breakfast. How does the idea of family change being at home versus here in Claremont? Well, I'm much more distant with my actual family now. I don't call them as much as I should. My friends are like a very good support group I have, and I would consider them like a little family. Um, They know pretty much everything about me, which is really nice. When we go through these transitions in our relationships, it sets off even more transition in the ways we think, in the ways we feel, and form our opinions. Some of my friends, um, they... Since I came from such a conservative town, I was like also, some of like the conservative beliefs resonated with me a bit more than they do right now, just because I don't think I fully understood what I actually thought, but I just like bounced off of what other people were telling me. So in that way, like having more conversations with my friends about things like um, any social justice issues really, I've like talked a lot about them and I've expe- I like told them, well, I never like quite understood this aspect of say feminism and they've just like taught me much more about it and I've really liked that. And I don't know if they've really challenged my beliefs too much, which is nice. They've just like built up, built on them. Sam, another Claremont student, experienced a similar kind of expansion but in a very different piece of his life. I'm supposed to be narrowing down because I had to figure out a major and it's just getting broader. Um, so I guess like the specifically like the transition is kind of this transition away from science as the answer to um, my problems and like the world's problems yeah. and um, realizing the value um, in a lot of the things that like I used to completely dismiss. So for a lot of people our age, transitions feel additive, but transition can also involve emptiness and loss. Here's Tanya, founder of a children's nonprofit called Project Chella, talking about that. I think as we get older every year, we're at the point where uh, we're moving into the emptiness phase of life. So the transition is now from being a mother of four to having a lot of time to do the things that I want to do from previously, my whole life was dedicated to my kids. So for all the women out there, I say take care of yourself, always. I think the old rule of thumb was that we give everything, like the giving tree book, where you give your whole self, and then at the end, there's very little left. We have to continue to work on us, uh, whole mind, body, spirit. It's difficult for us to find our footing when we're faced with emptiness. Tanya was firm and defiant as she talked about this, her determination to care for herself, but she couldn't help talking about her children's needs too. We need someone that says, you were born, where are you? I want to see you. There's something really special about you. There's something you're going to give to the world, and I want to be a part of giving you all. Tanya was talking about children, but we all need what she's given her kids. Through the confusion of transition, with our lives getting fuller or emptier, we all need to be seen, to be taught and talked to, and to support ourselves. 
Thanks for listening, and thanks to everyone who participated in the Hives podcasting workshop. The music used in this episode was Diella Swain's Oh My Life. This has been Disco. Follow us on SoundCloud to hear more. Hey again. There are two more mini-episodes that came about from these workshops. You can find them on the Hive's online blog. You'll also find Didi and I's extended conversation on the process of making these workshops as well. If you want to learn more about the workshops themselves, check our written follow-up on the Hive blog. Until next time. Hey, I'm Didi. And I'm Eli. What you're about to hear is the result of three workshops where students got to engage in the podcast-making process for the first time. From interviewing to storyboarding to editing the final product, these mini-episodes were created in under four and a half hours. The workshops were process-oriented with a bias towards just going for it, with no fear of messing up or getting it wrong. The second mini-episode features the voices of Ahana, Jamie, Isaac, Katie, and Julia. The narratives of this episode were created by Tanya, Anam, Olivia, Priya, with final production credits going to Sam. Happy listening. I find myself asking a lot more frequently, frequently, like, am I satisfied? Am I fulfilled? Am I happy? Like, I felt really lucky that I got to go. Like, I, I, I didn't know what else I was going to do with my life if I didn't get in Pomona. I've heard all of these sort of horror stories about people, like, just being like, what the fuck am I doing? This is Sam Joberg, and you're listening to Disco. Welcome to the Discussion Collective, where we talk about and examine all aspects of life at the Claremont Colleges. Today, we are hearing stories of transition. Transition from high school to college, transitions within families, transitions to the real world. These stories depict the crazy and complex life students are just thrown into in their four years in college. People coming from all over the U.S. and the world with vastly different backgrounds and experiences. Yet somehow, it seems to all come together one way or another. We're going to take a look at just a few examples of this difficult and wild shared experience from people going through transitions at all different stages of the process. First, we're going to hear from Katie, who is just starting her journey as a first year at Pomona. It was definitely like a really sudden, like very opposite kind of transition. I'm from a small town in southeast Texas, so it's very different political climate. Um, and also just like culturally, like I live in a rural, rural area with, you know, everyone has a farm and my neighbors are cows. So <laughs> like coming to Claremont, like I know people complain about how small Claremont is, but it's like, there are stores here, <laughs> like, you know, so it's very different. But it wasn't only the physical transition that was so weird for Katie. There were some ideological shifts as well. But also coming from a place where most people are conservative and Republican, and I was always like, I stuck out like a sore thumb um, to kind of people like the opposite of that, um, which has been weird and cool, but also kind of made me realize how valuable it is to have the experience of being around people who disagree with me. Now, let's take a look at another transition. Isaac's transition from college to adult life. For the for like a year before now, I was kind of like, wow, like I need to figure it all out. Like, what am I doing? Like, I almost had that anxiety a while ago, and now there are 
opportunities appearing and, and <laughs> things I'm working towards, and it's like actually planning things out. It doesn't feel like this huge leap that I'm going to be totally lost in. Really, it's more feeling like time, you know? I feel like I'm processing it, and it, it's sad. I'm like, wow, uh, I could just like walk over to my friend's house now and like constantly be around all of these people that I have built these relationships with, and that's not going to be like, I'm not going to see these people. I'm not going to have as many kind of like day-to-day mind-blowing changes, experiences, whatever. I won't be learning in this way anymore. Clearly, these shifts aren't always easy, and there are so many different aspects of transitions. Sometimes just getting there can be the hardest part. Here's Jamie's story of getting into college. I guess I'll go back to my senior year of high school. I applied to 10 colleges. I got rejected by nine. Pomona was my second choice or something like that. And I, got, I didn't end up applying to McGill in Canada. I'm Canadian, or I was in Canada. And... I would get rejected by nine, waitlisted by Pomona, and then I got on the extended waitlist for Pomona, and then I ended up being the final person to get in, which was like really intense, really intense, because it was after the extended waitlist. It was July 18th, and it's kind of eerie because I've met people who like recruits who are, um, yeah, I met recruits who were accepted at like the same time for next year's class, which was like was interesting. So, we've heard a few stories about transitions as they relate to college, but as we all know, there's so much more to the experience. Ahana talks to us a little bit about some of the emotional struggles of living in a new place. I find myself asking a lot more frequently, frequently, like, am I satisfied, am I fulfilled, am I happy? Um, And I think it's a good thing, but also if it's too constant, it can... Get to, like asking that question can just be kind of it can get you frustrated and you can't like it's impossible to be fulfilled all the time or like satisfied all the time mm. so asking that question constantly can kind of highlight the lows um, and make you appreciate like the highs less um, but I think the conclusion from all of that is just that I need to think less is that it's a really privileged question to be asking like you know what's your favorite school like what's your dream school um, where did you like the vibe the best um, because that implies certain factors um, don't have to be as important for you. I think Ahana voiced some of the thoughts that a lot of students have on a day-to-day basis. How we decide to act or communicate these types of thoughts are what shape our journey through college. Isaac and Julia are closing in on their last few weeks as Claremont students, 
and as they see the finish line, they reflect on the impact of their time spent at the consortium. Yeah, man. I've really started to appreciate, like, the guidance that, that people have given me here, like, especially as I'm, like, really trying to plan things out, like, I've been much more engaged with, like, meeting with different teachers and being like, oh, wow, it's not just about being in these classes, but it's really about connecting with who I'm learning from and, like, understanding how they've approached their life. One of my favorite books is Reading Lolita in Tehran. And have you read it? Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. There's a great, uh, there's a quote in it that's like some, something along the lines, it's like near the end, and it's something along the lines of like, you'll not only miss the people you love, but, the, but you'll miss the person you are right now in this time and place because you know you'll never be the same. I think that I'm very much someone who is able to have really good relationships in the present moment with the person there, and I'm not very good at keeping in touch with old friends or... Um, yeah, with I guess with past friends, and so I think for the future, I I would like li like to get better at like calling people on the phone or like doing letters or even doing like e I mean, email chains or something um, like some fun way or even like what you were saying with your dad is like just have some fun activity to sort of link people link me with with my friends who are like physically far away. We are navigating transitions through life all the time, and I think it's important for us to take a moment and reflect on what these transitions mean to us and how they shape our lives, especially during our college years. Listening to other people's stories can help guide us through transitions in our own life, so I appreciate you taking the time to listen, and I hope you come away with a little bit more insight than you did when we started. I'm Sam Joberg. Thank you so much for tuning into Disco. Special thanks to Eli Cohen, D.D. Maus, Jimena Lane, and The Hive. We'll see you next time. Keep calm and dream on, you know. Hey again. There are two more mini-episodes that came about from these workshops. You can find them on The Hive's online blog. You'll also find Didi and I's extended conversation on the process of making these workshops as well. If you want to learn more about the workshops themselves, check our written follow-up on the Hive blog. Until next time. Hey, I'm Didi. And I'm Eli. What you're about to hear is the result of three workshops where students got to engage in the podcast-making process for the first time. From interviewing to storyboarding to editing the final product, these mini-episodes were created in under four and a half hours. The workshops were process-oriented with a bias towards just going for it with no fear of messing up or getting it wrong. The narratives of this episode were created by Emma Kett, Jamie, Caroline, and Ivan, and final production by Eli. Happy listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast, Phases of the Moon, The College Journey. Okay. No, no yeah, just like start with the transition. Yeah. All right. Um, so today... <laughs>
right. so um, we're going to be talking about transitions in and out of college and um, the exciting but overwhelming time that college can be for a lot of students, both coming from high school and entering into the real world. Yeah, it's really different. I'm an only child, so my life was incredibly structured when I was living at home with my parents. Um, I was at school from 7.30 in the morning to about 6 at night, and then I'd just go home, get all my homework done, sleep, and go to school the next day. Um, I didn't make a ton of decisions because all of my time was just spent doing things that were planned out for me. Now I feel a little bit different from probably when I was doing my college apps and over the summer trying to kind of get in those last bits of high school life before moving to California and um, just being with friends who I've known so for Claire told us six, seven, a little bit about years, her journey and then coming to a place and where I her life one. before college, which was extremely structured where she didn't have to make many decisions about what she would do every day. Um, and Anam um, told, told us of his journey from New York to California, how excited that that transition made him, um, the excitement of experiencing the unknown, and this this huge move that a lot of high school students are really looking forward to. So in our podcast today, we're going to be talking about people's experiences of college, which can be exciting, but at times also overwhelming. I was just so busy, I wasn't even thinking about it. Um, just busy getting through orientation, busy going to all these events, busy like getting classes and going to them. And um, I almost didn't, wasn't thinking about the transition because I'd, I was just so like one track minded, just trying to get everything done. And it almost happened without me noticing. The transition for me, it felt very much like not a transition because I think that I was very much in the moment and so I couldn't feel the different forces shifting around me and from where I had come to where I am now I couldn't really feel I didn't really stop to think and reflect on the difference and uh, how it felt really coming to school uh, here and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but I just kind of lived. I guess my parents were like a constant for me. They went to work and came home at the same time every day. I could kind of predict what they were doing. Whereas here, nothing is really set in stone. People are coming and going, um, going about their own lives that are more disconnected from mine. So I think it's hard to um, like Establish like very reliable things that I can always count on. It just seems like I have to really um, be more flexible and just adapt to like whatever comes at me. But at the same time, feel the connection. And with them, 
and then motivated to change and grow. One of uh, the statements, being overwhelmed, not noticing the transition, didn't feel like a transition, didn't stop to think. Adaptation is necessary. College is always fast-paced and changing. But I think like my sister was a bigger influence. I have an older sister, like she's in grad school and just like I basically just follow everything that she does. Um, and I think she's helped me like understand scientific research, like understand like enjoying the environment. Um, and she she helps me a lot with showing me like what's out there in the world and she'll just like send me things that she thinks I'm interested in and I'm like I don't know if I'm interested in this just because you say I am but like I, I am and like I don't really care <laughs> but I think like my sister was a bigger influence I have an older sister like she's in grad school and just like I basically just follow everything that she does um and I think she's helped me like understand scientific research like understand like enjoying the environment um and she she helps me a lot with showing me like what's out there in the world and she'll just like send me things that she thinks I'm interested in and I'm like I don't know if I'm interested in this just because you say I am but like I, I am and like I don't really care. And the students we interviewed told us about how they eventually learned to slow down and listen to themselves to see what their their bodies are asking for more rest or more um emotional connection um and these students that before were too caught up in the hecticness of college then learned to the students we interviewed learned that Discomfort is a part of growth and transitioning out of college into the, and into the real world. It's clear that college is a confusing time and it's easy to get overwhelmed, but we also see that that can be an important part of personal growth and change. For after college, um, well, I got a job this summer building trails in the Rocky Mountains, um, so I'll be living in a tent, um, and hopefully in the backcountry station at like 8,000 feet on a mountain. Um, we worked eight days on and six days off, um, and I'm super excited about that. I've also gotten used to doing phone calls with people, which is something I never really used to do at all. I always thought phone calls were kind of awkward, and you call and you're like, hi, how are you? I can't see you, but um, but they've become like very comfortable now. And, and I was talking to one of my friends um, from a while ago, and I was on the phone, and we talked for so long. It was nighttime, and I just like, watch the moon like kind of go across the whole sky because I was sitting in the same place for such a long time talking on the phone uh, which was which was really cool to be able to do in 
again. There are two more mini-episodes that came about from these workshops. You can find them on The Hive's online blog. You'll also find Didi and I's extended conversation on the process of making these workshops as well. If you want to learn more about the workshops themselves, check our written follow-up on The Hive blog. Until next time!